Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkus by Coho Creative. Welcome to another episode of Hunting for Nova Sparkus. Uh, today I'm really excited to talk with Gurav Wali, a student graduate in India who has been working on a process to basically replace plastics with biocompostable, biodegradable products. The, the main component of which are pine needles. So today we're going to learn a lot about how this material can potentially benefit or has many other knock-on benefits. But Alan, I'm, I'm really excited to be talking to Gurav. I know you and I have already spoken a little bit about it. Yes, we've had a, we've had a, a peek inside. Really interesting work that he's doing. We should point the listeners also to his website. It's called Project Cheer India. It explains not only the products that he's trying to commercialize, which are at this moment some very basic office organizer products, but it could potentially have a huge expansion of other products. So I'm really, really uh, happy to introduce to the podcast, Gurav. Welcome to Hunting for Nova Sparkers. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for have, having me here. It's great to have you, Gurav. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how the cheer product came about. Hi, guys. My name is Gaurav Vali. I'm a designer from India. And uh, I have developed this material made with pine needles. And it's completely natural. And it's, uh, and it's, it's an alternate to plastics. Tell us, I mean, we are here in North America. You are somewhere in India. And at, at, at the university, I seem to remember you telling a story of you sitting on the roof and you noticed something extra extraordinary that kind of spurted you or inspired you to think about what we're going to learn a lot more about, which is the cheer project. So, yeah, so I was born and brought up in a town called Jaipur, so which is like a desert town and it's in a desert state. So, so I've never, before I came to Himachal Pradesh, I had never seen so many trees and forests altogether. So when I moved there for, to attend my university, uh, it was the first time that I was seeing the pine forests and, and so many trees planted together. It was the first time that I, that I was exposed to so much nature and when i went there it was always talked about like how big of a problem forest fires are and i and until then i hadn't even seen like a dense forest and this was like the first time i was seeing what forest fires are and how big of a problem it is in a state that i have moved to now so yeah so i came about this idea during my final year of the college so i was sitting on my roof and uh, so it was summer so it, it's like the height of uh, the forest fires so this is like the most cases arise during summers in himachal pradesh so 
I was sitting on my roof, so you could you could see the entire uh, mountain range from my roof. It's, it's like a beautiful view, but you can see these spots of smoke coming from here and there from the forest, and it, it's like this huge uh, smoke coming from a, a single place. So I saw that, and I thought, like, I, I could really like see and experience it for the first time, like how 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 great the magnitude of the forest fires are. In the in the state that I'm living in now, and so that that was like a point of inspiration for me, and I thought, like, okay, so we have this material, and it it is like such a big problem for for the forest itself, but it's like a natural material, and nobody can is coming up with a proper solution for how to manage the material, how to manage the forest. So I came upon this idea, this spark of genius that. Okay, so we can like shred it and make use of it, and if I if we can bind it successfully with something that is completely organic, and we can make products out of it. So I think that would be like the best solution to it because uh, Himachal Pradesh is already facing problems with underemployment and unemployment, and there are so many people who are skilled with their hands and skilled with their craft, and they are not getting employed enough. Then they have to move to cities to earn a decent living. So why not introduce this as a the craft practice for them to like engage in and be a part of and so that so it's like they are helping themselves through this initiative that I'm trying to undertake. That's incredible. I mean, there you are, uh, your final year of university, noticing these forest fires, but then trying to kind of link that into a way to use both craft and, I guess. The natural um, surroundings, your nat- the natural product on the forest floor, um, and and turning that into potentially mass-producible products that were previously made in plastic. So, I mean, to me, that's just extremely you know far-fetching. That's very very kind of forward-thinking. What kind of challenges did you face when you started? Trying to materialize this this concept. So, I think to begin with, like begin with connecting these dots that I am so easy to talk to you about now was such a big problem back then when I was starting out because before me nobody nobody had connected these dots because we're talking not just about forest fires or not just about this material which is abundant. We're talking about uh, unemployment and a dying craft practice or people are losing their jobs and they don't have enough to earn a livelihood and we're talking about a material which is like overlooked and it's such a huge like i can say this now it it it, it is such a huge uh, timber industry byproduct because pine is is everywhere and it's the one of the most common woods to be used all around the world and uh, and it and in Himachal Pradesh where I was living, and there's so many trees and there's so many pine needles, and it it it's it to see all of these great materials go to waste was was for me like to connect these dots like how can I make use of it while it provides a sustainable living and a sustainable craft practice to people who are living in the state. So this was like the first challenge for me like somewhat link these things all together 
so we're talking about abundant natural material human efforts and design thinking and coming up with sustainable projects this 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 first uh, essence of the entire project was the first challenge that i face was it hard to was it hard to get people to buy into your idea I mean, you, you talk about it and it seems so common sense. Why wouldn't somebody have done this before? But I'm sure there were challenges just around what you just said. Just getting people to buy into it. It was because what I was talking about before I, before I, was, before I had any prototypes or anything to show to people, it was such a hard thing for me to like make them understand that what I'm what I was trying to do was such a huge huge task because I don't have any tangible tangible proof of what I was talking about but I had this zeal in me but it was so hard for me to convey it to people because it, it hadn't been done before I mean it like coming up with biomaterials has become a trend now but we're talking about like two years back when it was still an up and coming thing and to make people understand like my call my my uh, even my friends were quite skeptic at first like what i what i am saying because uh, putting in so much effort and in into research and everything it is such a huge task so they were like quite skeptic at first and then my teachers Aww. were like do you really need to do this or why don't you take a normal path like other kids and go work at a company or something like that intern at a company so and the biggest problem was the entire uh, college system because it's it's unheard of what i'm doing doing a, an r&d project on a material which hasn't been done before the college uh, authority doesn't really allow it so i had to like find my wiggle room there in the curriculum to like fit in what i was trying to do into this education system and it was like a huge turning point for everybody because to get this thing approved by the college because you need to get it approved by the college as even because it, it's like a graduation project it's a thesis what i did was a thesis from the college so you need to get it approved from your head of department and your director and everything so it's so it was like uh, for them it was like an eye opener like if somebody is struggling so hard for something for something they believe in so let's give it a try so for it was a shot in the dark for everybody like okay you're saying it we understand it, we get it but do you think you can do it so that was like the final question that i had to answer so it was it, so all of that came back upon me like do you really need to do you think you can do it and a voice inside me said yeah you can yes <laughs> good you you basically had to start from the idea from the concept to you, 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 you had to harvest the pine needles, find a way to, I guess, shred the pine needles, and then find a way to use a, a kind of a glue or a molding component to be able to form the almost clay or paste like material, right? So I began uh, like doing my the entire process was like a complete trial and error. So I began it with like collecting pine needles. So 
because it, it was done on a very small scale. So I went out with, with a friend of mine and we went to the mountains and then we collected some in so collected some pine needles in bags and came back. So okay, so that that's like so I, I, I sat down and looked at at the material for a day or two. So how do I do this? Because it it, it seems like that they're leaves, but it's a very sturdy material because it, it because its construction itself is so sturdy. The the needle itself when it falls dry and it has this layer of silicon on top. So it's like natural silicon. So that's why it's so hard to biodegrade naturally, and it and, and a lot of lignin is is present inside the leaf. So it's structurally very sound. It it, it and it burns very easy. So so that was the first time that I was seeing. Okay, so this structure is is adding fuel to the fire, and it's it's like okay, so this doesn't biodegrade easy, and it has a lot of lignin. So it's like perfect source fuel for the fire, and. So I sat down and I looked at it, and I heard I if I cut it, it's too clean. If I if I I can't grind it because it's it's too long, and so so there's this tool called uh, a chili cutter. So in Himachali household and 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 uh, the local market, you can find this chili cutter. So it's 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 like a hand crank uh, with blades. On, a, on on one side of it and then you put like chilies and onions or your small vegetables and then you shred that with the chili cutter. So it's like a small machine. It's, it's not, it's hardly the size of a water bottle. And so, and I found that laying around in the garbage. So, <laughs> and I, I picked it up, I brought it back home and I, 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 so I reinforced the entire thing with epoxy and, and, plastic clay and clamped it that and I clamped that to the door like my room's door and then I put the pine needle inside and I started hand cranking so it it, it took so much power but it started shredding so that was like a eureka moment so I can I can do this it so it is possible for me to shred it right now so I spent the next week shredding as much fine as I can with hand. So in that process, I broke the machine twice, so I've had to fix it and everything. <laughs> oh no! So yeah, so I I had the it 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 wasn't like a very fine fiber that I got, but it was a starting point. And I so next thing that I want to so the gold standard for me at that moment was okay, I can compression mold it into some things like to do it with plastic. I thought like okay, so this is like the gold standard. So let's let's give it a shot. So, so I was using uh, epoxy, like the synthetic uh, epoxy resin at first, and I mixed it into the fiber. Then I pressed it into a mold. So the first piece that I got was uh, made. So the mold was made from makeshift wood pieces, and then I compressed it together with wood planks. So yeah, the first piece that I got was a brick, and it was so sturdy. I still have it. It's like my first piece, and I'm very proud of it. So it's a very it's a very sturdy piece. So you can it, 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 you I have hammered it. I've thrown it. I've I've put it on the car. It doesn't break. It's a very sturdy piece. So yeah, so that I took that to my college professors, who were skeptic about what I was trying to do, and. 
and it, they they were like amazed okay so you can do this i mean and i and i, and I told them like yeah i told you i can do this quite happy happy with what i was getting like the first result that i got so then i made a few more products with the from three resin and the fiber and i and i and i was learning more about how to make a mold and how 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 this material reacts and i was learning on the go as i was doing so so yeah so i made a few more trays out of it and then i, I showed it to the professor then we were discussing like how can the design go about or is it like really true to the real pro- concept that i was talking about because it had to be uh, biodegradable uh so so that really uh, came back upon me like okay so you can do this you can make products out of this fiber but it is it like really true to the real concept that you're fighting for and and that with that i started my research for the natural binder that i wanted to like come up with or, or find and to bind these fibers together so this is like another chapter for were you out of school at this point is this what you started to do when you would move back home i was still in my uh, college so we have this uh, program called uh, so you have to intern at a company for your thesis project or uh, it's it's called a graduation project it's very common in design you have to work there for 6 months so that's like the normal course of action so you apply to a company you work your final year in in a company for 6 months and then you come back and then you get degree that's like the, your independent thesis project and what i was doing was somewhat a part of it because i had to alter a lot of things to get my idea through so i still didn't have a degree i was still in college so I can understand how you wanted to ch- you do the environmentally friendly kind of approach to biodegradability but you know I thought one of the key drivers was for you to kind of stop um the forest fires in 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 the in the you know in the forest that you were kind of describing but you 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 wanted to go a lot further than that right you really wanted to replace plastics so i started with the problem and it's it's on a very micro level that i'm talking about it's a small uh, city in in a small state in a big country and then it's like so the place that i lived in was called tangra and i i and in my entire 20 years of my life i had never heard about the place and now i'm there living in in in, the, in that place for four years and i am facing this problem which i did not even know was a problem so i w- i was thinking and i was looking at things at a very micro level back then but as i started to work upon this material i thought like the potential for it is is unmatchable like you, i i could not fathom like the boundaries for it. so it it was like a very continuous process so saying that it's an alternate to plastic was the last thing that i did because i i i i wanted this material to live up to its full potential was to be an alternate to plastic i i right now i can't say 
I can replace plastic with, but I want it to be like conscious uh, material for uh, that provides an alternate to your regular plastic. What are what is driving you? I are you seeing also that in India there is a a real need for more sustainable product? Is India also changing its perception? Like some of us here in North America are changing our perception about climate change, and obviously, you know, the number of plastic bottles floating in the oceans, etc. We, we're we're really coming to a point now, especially with the young people, you know, where they where they really want to see some change happening. Is 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 that the same in India too? Uh, from my experience, by developing this material was like the first attention that this material grabbed for me was from North America, and uh, and sorry to say, but India was the last one to pick up on it, and they're like they were like still skeptic or they were not like really open to a material like this. But now that I have been exposed to the Indian market and uh, and the Indian press and media, and uh, now it is catching up. So, but that took like so the material was published like out in the world was a year back, and now I'm getting like in, like the Indian media coming after me like going to interview you about. So India is a little lacking with the. Because it, it, I think it's a very like the because it's it's design, and I'm talking about like problem solving through the eyes of design. And in India, we have a very different perspective on design because uh, the term designer generally means luxury for Indian people, and that's how design is in Britain and this country right now. So it's it's not because if we talk about the West world view. It's it's about necessity. It's about minimalism. It's about providing the right solution for the right problem. But in India, it's a very different perspective because we're talking about luxury for and it's for the people who can afford design. And it's generally uh, considered to be things that are gaudy are designed. But and uh, what 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 I have been taught was to make products that are commercial and everything. But I had a very different perspective on the entire. So I, I was always like questioning things as I was going because it's a very new thing for me. The design I I was always into making stuff, but design was something that like really connect these links in my head. It it was really intellectually engaging and exciting for me to like do this as a professional. You hit on it before because you talk about design thinking, and you really leverage design thinking to solve a problem that, you know, has a, a, a greater, you know, has, has large scale impact, but you're not just designing, you're also engineering, you're also acting as an innovator, you're also acting as um, social justice, you're doing, there's so much more that you're doing as part of this that's bigger than design that um, I'm hoping that, you know, when you're talking to the press in India, they're starting to see and understand that there is a difference in what you're doing. So it's very, uh, how should I say this? I mean, my dad always told me to look at the big picture. 
that's that's how I was raised. And then I was in college, so it's like a very minuscule experience of mine. It, but it might make sense to you guys. Uh, so we have these different departments. So there's product design department, there's fashion design department, there's textile design, and there's graphic design. So all of these departments were like, okay, I can't do this because I'm from fashion design and it's a product designer's job to do this. Interdisciplinary exchange was never promoted in my college, and I think like it's a very incomplete way to learn because everything is connected out there. Every single thing cannot. Be stripped off from its context and be isolated, and it design thrives in exchange. I mean, humans thrive in exchange. We we are a we are a composite society. We're we're not we cannot isolate ourselves from everything and then okay. So that that means you're lacking something. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. So so that was like my. So I was like raging against this idea of being isolated. I wanted for people to engage and converse and 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 like exchange skills and talk about their skills mostly because and you have to be a jack of all trades and master of one, not none, in order to be good at what you're doing because you because we want a holistic worldview for to come up with solutions that can. Tackle bigger problems. I'm not talking about a single problem. My my brain doesn't work like that. I can't come up with solutions for blind people for them to uh, count the notes easily. I mean, people who are doing it, they're doing a great job, and I think it's a very noble thing that you're doing. You're shifting your perspective. You're shifting your uh, efforts into into people who are who cannot do this on their own. And that kind of thinking is also needed. So there's this film called uh, War Horse by Steven Spielberg. So in that film, like, there's this dialogue. So there are different kinds of brave. So the soldiers who are fighting on the battlefield are also necessary, but the pigeons who are flying over the battlefield cannot look down and say, "Okay, I need to go down and help somebody." They have to get the message across to help thousands of people. So that that really struck. You need you. So, if this is a fight against like social injustice or the environment change or the like, climate change, or we're talking about if it's politics, so we need all the kinds of efforts that we can pull together. So, we need protesters. We need media to talk about this. We need uh, we need activists. We need uh, people who we need lawyers. We need policymakers. We need all kinds of effort to fight this entire thing together. Wow! Um, yeah, it's very inspiring. I have to say, you know, I think I have a lot more years um, designing things than you do. But you're already talking like somebody who understands the complexity and the interaction that designers need. You know, the cross fertilization between disciplines, the way that you need. As a designer, to learn and to be inspired by other people, so that the solution becomes a, a composite of one plus one that actually equals three rather than just two. I I I think that's very honourable. I I do seem to remember you also learning a little bit from your mother uh, as as in our previous conversation. She she was quite instrumental. If if 
if my memory serves me correct. Yes. So I came across uh, this whole trend of bioplastics that that was going on, and I thought like, okay, this is going. This is this this can be a good alternate to epoxy resin, and I started experimenting with that, and I I thought like it's not really working out for me because initially I thought it's great, but when, as I started mixing fiber in it, it acted very in a different manner as I was so then i i i was researching more about the traditional glues that are used in india in general and in himachal pradesh and in my hometown so i was looking at these uh, people who use it use it to stick uh, bills on the billboard or like posters so they still use the traditional glue so i came across this glue called lay and uh, my mother knew how to make it coincidence and she uh, taught me like how you make this and how it is done and how what it what its properties are so my mother is a housewife she doesn't go out she has a job she stays at home she cooks for us and everything and she takes care of the house so that was like a huge thing for me because uh, she's been an inspiration for me because she's a very strong lady and she is a she's a fighter so so my so persistence that that I have for this hat that I had for this project to like come forth and to be successful, were half of it was from my mother, because she is like always pushing me like okay you can get through this this is this is the tough times are gonna pass you can will you get through this you're, you're gonna get where you're gonna go. So that was like psychologically that was that was like a big help from my. And then cooking part of it, like the the entire glue is can be made from your home ingredients, like from an Indian home ingredients. And she taught me how to do it. And then I started conducting my own experiments, like tweaking the ingredients here and there to come up with different results. So that took me like another month for me to like to find find the that is good. Yeah, <clears throat> yes, because you've you've actually come up with some really lovely products. I love the texture that this dear material gives you. Obviously, it's natural, but you can you can you can see there's a more to the surface, which I love that depth, and I love um, how how that can really brighten up a you know a bland table or something that's kind of a little bit more um, you know dull and 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 and, and industrial. This is a beautiful natural product. What what are your other um, ambitions for the Cheer Project? What, are you hoping maybe to go into mass production, or do you still see it as a craft application only? Uh, there are different aspects to what I'm trying to do now because uh, it's a great material, and for it to be like truly effective, it has to be mass produced, even if I want it or don't want it. So that's out of the question. Uh, for me, so that's why I, in my head, I have divided this project into uh, different parts. So if we talk about, because if I go into mass production and if I give it to some industry that produces it uh, commercially, that's still going to take away the livelihood of the people that are living in Himachal for whom that I, I had created this craft. 
so that's like a paradox that i'm facing right now because whatever i am saying is will go to waste if i go completely into mass production so what i had decided was to come up with a new range of products for your for home decoration which will still be produced by hand because i because if if i produce this through machines it 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 will lose the charm that it has right I I am uh, right now conducting experiments with new products and the results are coming out great and they're much better than the products that you you are seeing right now. It's still in process. So I'm going to be showing you guys more about it. But I love the handmade appeal of these products and they have their own character right now. And for mass production, I thought like it 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 could really work. on a bigger scale i think going into packaging design would be the best thing that i can do right now with my design because where because if 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 we talk about packaging then it's not just plastic it's it's styrofoam it's cardboard it's wood so that way if i can like come up with a solution for the packaging industry i think that would be a huge application because the avenues for it are unlimited because we if we talk about smaller scale packaging like if we if we talk about like bespoke packaging for perfume or or like your cosmetics and that's like a very small scale and if we talk about a little larger so like shipping of your uh, microwave or your or your tv or your uh, refrigerator so that's like a big thing and if we go even bigger so if we talk about like these these entire consignments that can be wrapped in this I think that would be great. I think the the sky is the limit for it, right? Wow, that yeah, I I could I could see that. I it's certainly something you know, we can uh, we would be more than help, happy to help you with. In fact, uh, are you trying to link up with any companies uh, as we speak? Are you trying to see if there's ways that you can expand the you know the applications for the cheer project? uh right now uh cheer project is patent pending so my so i've got gotten a lot of uh, offers from companies that uh, are like trying to build this project further so right now i'm i'm waiting on the patent to pass and i have like a solid thing so that i can take this forward with bigger companies so right now approaching I- ikea was like my <laughs> Goal setting, like I always thought, but I don't know right now. But it was like when I was in college, I thought I wanted to work with IKEA. <laughs> Did you say you are getting a patent for this technology? Yes. Okay, good. It's patent pending right now. Perfect. What do you see? You know, this podcast series is all about the intersection of sustainability and design, and I wanted to. Kind of, I, I wanted to ask you what your vision is for the future of sustainable materials like pine needles. Um, do you feel? Do you feel like this is the answer, or do we need, just like you said in an earlier answer, a combination of lots of other things to really kind of change the momentum against using petrochemicals and? um educating consumers a lot more about the benefits of biodegradable 
and biocompostable materials? So, it's like a long answer that I, I, I am going to give you now, I think. <laughs> so, right now, we're in a state of transition, I think, from my worldview or how I see the world is we're witnessing a transition phase in the society right now. So, so there's, there's fight for sustainability and we're trying to rethink the ways of like the traditional industries. And so I think this is where the role of the new designer comes in. I think this is our responsibility of designers, makers and creatives like to, to give the world a better vision of the future. Because we're not policy makers, we, we, we are the dreamers. We want to give the world a good dream to be right now. And this huge wave of biomaterials that we are seeing right now, mine being a part of it, uh, it's, it's, it's like nothing we've seen before. At least I haven't during my research. <laughs> so it's, it's like nothing we have seen before. And nothing could be better right now for the world because people are taking actions by themselves. They're not waiting on the world to catch up to them. We're doing this now, me and my other biomaterial designers. This is like one perspective on this huge war for sustainability. Not exactly war, but fight for sustainability. So this is like my perspective on this. Because it's it's forcing the big guys, the big companies, Fortune 500s, to rethink their ways. Because it, it has become like a major franchise, and, and it, they're 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 like giving them perspective on how can the big companies be more sustainable in their functioning and rethink their ways. Because like every big big company right now is getting into sustainable or recycle or reuse the entire idea of what they're buying into it now because because people are more conscious now. There there's designers who are working with materials better. There there are thinkers who are talking about like the whole environment calamity change. And so where we, we can see like Nike going all going with recycling shoes as their new collection. We're talking about uh, IKEA that right now are replacing their single-use batteries with uh, rechargeable batteries. So it's, it's a small change, but I see it coming together. And right now, I think we're we're only it's going we're only going to get better because we're showing people how how we can lead a better life or how we can lead a more sustainable life and leave a better future for the generation. Wow, Gaurav. I mean, you've you've come up with um, a lot of wisdom for us in this particular podcast and interview. I've really enjoyed talking and listening. As you know, the title of our podcast is "Hunting for Nova Sparkers," and that for us is you know anything that sparks a new idea or a new way of thinking. To be honest, you've already given us quite a bit. But do you have a Nova Sparkers to share with us to conclude? today's conversation so i think it's not just me we're all looking at the world from the 
perspective is the keyhole. And it's only about expanding that. And how you can do that is being more conscious with yourself or being more yeah it's it's not me it's we right and and that's that's a very strong message i believe too i agree alan i i've i i'm amazed that we've had the pleasure of talking with with gurav i want to thank him on behalf of co creative thank him for taking the time we should direct everybody to his website and see if there's any way to you know we can also help him with his endeavors his website is gurafmkwali.com forward slash cheer project. Uh, if you Google cheer project India, um, it, it, it leads you directly to his website um, where you'll find um, his story and, and the background and some of the products that he's molding with pine needles and truly, truly amazing. Thank you so much, Gurav, for spending the time with us. Thank you, Gurav. <laughs> are your parents very proud of you i mean yeah <laughs> i recently won uh the core 77 design award for social impact nice congratulations thank you very much so yeah before that my parents were uh like ha they have blind faith in whatever i'm doing but they're still <laughs> trying to get their <laughs> head around what what i am actually doing when are you going to start selling the lamp or the light fixture? So I think most probably I'm coming up with a better design for the lamp. I am working on a new design. So most probably it will be launched next year. Got it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bagarov. So what an inspiring conversation with Gaurav. I, I really wish him a ton of success and really inspired by what he's doing. Lane, welcome back. And I'm sure you've got lots of really interesting thoughts based on that conversation as I'm sure um, Ronald and myself do. Hi, Lane. Hi, Lane. Hi, guys. Hi, hi. Yeah, that was great. He is very, very inspiring and as someone around his age. Um, so my question for Gaurav and for this conversation is, I know we talked to him about possibly upscaling the cheer project, but you know, that got me thinking, like, is that really the right thing to do with this kind of project and this kind of mission, or would that kind of negate the work that he's trying to achieve? Are you meaning from an ethical standpoint or from a resource depletion? I think more of a resource depletion, um, both in the fact that a global upscale company requires more resources, and second, because he's using, you know, pine needles, which is a natural material, and there's only so much of that, and I know that they're causing harm right now, and so that's why he's trying to use them for something better, but there could only be a certain amount of pine needles that can be taken before there's harm done. Yeah, and I agree. That could be kind of a, an ecological impact. But I think in terms of scaling, Lane, I, I know pine needles is, is one form. There's, there's lots of other food waste or even crop waste that could be turned into another form, another product mixed with a hardener or mixed with another resin. So Corn huts. Right. 
I think the idea uh, is 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 really cool, uh, and I I would encourage him to look beyond desk organizers and and see if there's other ways where the process can really be can fit the process can fit with how he wants to manufacture and and potentially scale. So it might not be these home desk organizers. It could be something very simple. Uh, it could be something more extruded or something that perhaps can can really fit the way that um, the, the pine needles are being, you know, turned into the into the material today. Well, I hope you can expand because I, I really think this would be, and I know you talked about Ikea, but it's, it feels, yeah. it feels like it's something that would be really appropriate for that brand to be something that people would really gravitate toward. Or like Ronald would say, was saying, at least this type of thinking, like hopefully this type of thinking grows and more people start to think like Gaurav does. Agree. Yeah, he was, uh, he was so nice. He was such a great guy to talk to. Um, I really hope, wish him all the success. Agree. Agree, agree. Okay, so next week we have, we're going to take a completely different direction and we're going to talk to Daniel Smith at WSP Architecture and you know get into sustainability within architectural design and some really interesting thoughts are going to come out of that so very cool very cool i can't wait to interrogate um <laughs> you know the world of architecture because yep. again from the outside point you think it's um you know it, it's not that sustainable but i i'm, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot yes agree 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 thanks for joining us See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. If hunting for Nova Spark has tapped into your curiosity or sparked any new thinking, check us out and get in touch with us at cohocreative.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Coho Creative.